to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength exercise that will help fix the thoughts, emotions, and actions that drain you of the mental strength you need to be your best. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Today, I'm talking about my first ever mental strength book for kids. It's called 13 Things Strong Kids Do, and it's on sale now. Well, the book is written for kids in the 8 to 12-year-old range. I know that most of you who are listening to the show don't fit that criteria, but I bet you might have kids or teach kids or coach kids or at least know a few kids who could benefit from building mental strength. If you don't have kids in your life, though, don't go anywhere. I suspect you'll still find this episode helpful because the exact same strategies that work for kids work for grownups, too. I'd been wanting to write this book for a long time because the number one comment I hear from readers of my adult books on mental strength is... I wish I could have learned these things sooner. And while my adult books focus on what not to do, the kids' book focuses on what to do. If kids learn these skills now, they won't grow up to develop the unhealthy habits that can rob you of mental strength as an adult. Of course, no kid is going to do all of these things all the time. Adults don't even do that. It's important, however, to foster these habits in kids now so that they can grow and learn. Here are the 13 things strong kids do and how to teach them to think big, feel good, and act brave. Number one, strong kids stop feeling sorry for themselves. It's healthy for kids to feel sad, but what's not healthy is allowing that sadness to turn into self-pity. When kids feel sorry for themselves, they insist their problems are too big to address, and they become helpless and hopeless. When they strike out in the baseball game, or they don't get invited to sit with the cool kids at lunch, it's okay to feel sad, but help them see that those things aren't the end of the world. Number two, strong kids empower themselves. When your child blames other people for making them angry or ruining their day, point out how to change their language. Empower them to take responsibility by saying something like, I'm angry, rather than you make me mad, makes a big difference. A child who feels empowered will be equipped to handle whatever challenges life throws their way. Number three, Strong kids adapt to change. From moving on to a new grade to trying a different sport, change is tough. Kids need confidence that they can adapt to those changes. One of the best ways to help kids learn how to adapt is just by labeling their feelings. When kids learn how to put a name to an emotion, like sadness or anxiety, it takes a lot of the sting out of those feelings. It's an exercise I talk about in episode number nine. Labeling an uncomfortable emotion makes it feel a little more tolerable. It works for both kids and adults, so it's a great strategy to practice in your own life and model for your kids. Number four, strong kids focus on what they have control over. Kids can easily get caught up in worrying about things they have no control over, like who their teacher is going to be next year or whether their team's going to win the championship game. But worrying about the things they can't control drain some of the mental strength they need to be their best. Teach them to focus on the things that they can control 
And if they learn this when they're young, it'll save them so much time and energy throughout their lives. Number five, strong kids know when to say no. Well, you might think that your kids say no too often already, like when you ask them to do the dishes or spend time with a family. It's important for them to be able to say no to unhealthy things that come their way. Teach your kids how to set boundaries so they can say no to things they don't want in their lives. That might mean saying no to a favor that they don't want to do or saying no when someone asks them to copy their homework. Number six, strong kids take calculated risks. Some kids are really quick to take a physical risk, like a stunt on their bike. But those same kids might be slow to take a social risk, like talking to the new kid. It's important to teach kids to assess the actual level of risk that they face so they can decide when to face their fears head on. Talk to your kids about the fact that their brain's anxiety alarm is probably a bit faulty. Everyone's is. So while their brains and their bodies might react to giving a speech in front of the class as if it's a life or death situation, assure them that it's okay to face healthy fear, even when their anxiety alarm bells are ringing. Number seven, strong kids create their future. Kids who think things like, "Ugh, I'm not smart enough, or nothing good is ever going to come out of this, will limit their opportunities in life. Kids won't ever reach their greatest potential if they're completely passive about their lives or if they're overly critical of themselves. Get them interested and excited about the type of future that they can create. My book is filled with exercises that teach kids how to change the negative thinking patterns that could hold them back. Number eight, strong kids own their mistakes. It's tempting for kids to hide their mistakes. After all, they don't want to get in trouble but they can easily waste a lot of energy trying to cover up their mistakes. And when they do that, they often dig themselves deeper and deeper into a hole. Kids are gonna forget their homework, hurt people's feelings, and break the rules sometimes. We need to help them discover healthy ways to respond to those mistakes whenever they make them. Number nine, strong kids celebrate other people's success. Feeling jealous and resentful of kids who get better grades or score more points in the game will only hold your child back. On the other hand, learning how to celebrate other people's success will serve them well. Help them see that they can learn from other people and they don't have to be in direct competition with everyone. Number 10, strong kids fail and try again. Kids who are afraid of failure avoid trying new things or they give up as soon as they experience a setback. It's important to teach them that although failing feels bad, it can also be an important stepping stone to success. One of the best things you can do is talk about famous failures. When kids learn that successful scientists, inventors, and artists failed a lot before they succeeded, it helps them learn from failure and they won't be so scared of it. Number 11, strong kids balance social time with alone time. It's important for kids to feel comfortable socializing with other kids, but it's also important for them to know that they can do activities independently. Healthy independence helps kids feel more comfortable in their own skin. Of course, the pandemic has added an extra layer of difficulty to this. Most kids have been fairly isolated this year, so some kids might be more afraid of alone time than ever. Other kids might be afraid to start socializing again because they haven't done it in so long. Number 12, strong kids are thankful for what they have. Entitled kids grow up to become narcissistic adults. Grateful kids, however, grow up to become appreciative, happy people. One of the best things you can do is talk to your child about being grateful, but not about the possessions they have, but more about the people in their lives. For example, when your child receives a gift, 
Talk about what it feels like knowing that someone spent a lot of time picking that gift out for them. A conversation like that can help a child experience gratitude about the people who care about them, not just the material possessions they receive. And number 13, strong kids persist. When faced with obstacles, kids are often quick to abandon their goals. Persistence, however, is the key to true success. My book is filled with strategies that can help kids persist, whether they're trying to learn how to play a new instrument or they're trying to get a better science grade. So if you want to start teaching your kids how to build mental strength now, pick up a copy of 13 Things Strong Kids Do wherever books are sold. I hope you'll read it too, and then you'll be able to talk about the exercises together. When you have the same language and you're both familiar with the mental strength exercises, you can coach them right in the moment. And I bet you'll find the exercises helpful in your own life too. They're the same strategies I use with adults in my therapy office. My book just breaks them down into simple language that's kid-friendly. And please let me know what you think of the book. I love to hear from readers, or in this case, my reader's parents, about how the book is helping build mental muscle. Thank you for hanging out with me today and listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. Make sure to tune into Monday's episode when I'll be talking to Craig Grossi and his dog, Fred. They met when Craig was stationed in Afghanistan, and Craig basically smuggled Fred into the United States. There's a whole book about it called Craig and Fred that tells their story. Now they're on to another adventure. Craig's new book is called Second Chances. My conversation with Craig is one I'll never forget, and I hope you'll tune in to learn more about forgiveness, mental health, and friendship. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.